this week on Plot Points Podcast. It's a martial arts movie and production-themed show with my guests, actor-producer Sensei William Christopher Ford of Kaizen Dojo. William talks about his amazingly interesting production called 52 Masters. And no martial arts show would be complete without my lovely friend, actor, stunt woman, fight coordinator, Kumu Michelle Mano. The episode is split into two parts with my profile of Neil Simon, who just passed away on part two. Part two should drop soon. Please refer to the show notes to get a better sense of what's on each part. This is Plot Points Podcast. Us. with Pop Points Podcast. Um, I just as way of explanation, when I started the podcast, I wanted it to focus primarily on screenwriting, but every once in a while, uh, some special people drop into your life, and you've got to acknowledge those people because they're filmmakers, even if they're not necessarily a, a screenwriter. So I have two such people here. One will be familiar to our audience. It's uh, Michelle Manu. Hi, Michelle. Hello. And the other is a, a really incredible, I don't know, how, I, I guess he's as incredible as Michelle. There's a, there's a bunch of slashes behind his name, but it's William Christopher Ford, Sensei Ford. How are you? I'm great, and thank you very much. It's a great honor to be on your show. Thank you so much, especially uh, here with uh, Kumu Michelle Manu. Kumu Michelle, yeah. yeah. I see her. I see her sometimes once a week, and it's always a, always a thrill, that, that smile just lights up the lights up my life so um, <laughs> oh hey it's true i wish i had a good I, you know i don't have a good great smile i i really i i know don't please don't say don't say that because it's true. <sighs> i suck my smile sucks but I, i'm always envious of people who can smile like you michelle it looks like your whole face changes when you do oh well thank you but you always see me when i'm like dripping sweat also so i don't know that kind of nullifies the smile i think <laughs> no I, is i is it too icky to say i really enjoy that i sorry i don't <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Surgery does that. You know, it changes your whole composition. And one day you don't sweat at all. Next day you're pouring like a dude. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll explain why because uh, people will think we're weird. I, I see Michelle. Uh, I'm a martial artist. We're all martial artists. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably the least accomplished of the group because uh, I'm, I'm, I've probably been at the least amount of time and I don't put the time in that these two. But uh, let's let's start with that uh, a little bit of martial arts background. William, will you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to? I, I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah, this doesn't have anything to do with film, but actually it does because you ended up being an actor in a bunch of uh, martial arts stuff. So let's can we talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get to Michelle. Yes, absolutely, Mark. Um, well, I'll tell you what. My first my first influences uh, before I even got into the martial arts were. Um, uh, cinematic and, and, uh, theatrical in a sense, because I remember watching the old Kung Fu show with David Carradine. Oh God. Yes. And that was like my first look into how superhuman a martial artist could be portrayed mm-hmm. as. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm aware of the, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the whole thing with originally it's supposed to be Bruce Lee and all that. But, you know, at that time, I was totally unaware of it. And I was just like, wow, this dude is amazing. And Absolutely. I just, it was my favorite show. I couldn't wait for him to, um, you know, uh, beat up all the cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I looked so forward to that. So that might have been one of the first, if not the first seed mm-hmm. of, um, of martial arts. And then I remember going to a place in Buena Park called uh, Japanese Village in Deer Park. And... It was a, a little theme park. It doesn't exist anymore. And it was totally dedicated to kind of recreating a experience of being in Japan for Westerners. Interesting. And um, it was staffed by Japanese people. And, you know, they would, they would have people greeting you in kimono. And there was a koi pond, you know, and there was a, a pond where people could dive. There were, they would have divers and they'd pull up oysters and you could actually purchase, you know, oh, a, wow. a pearl. Um, but 
the highlight for me was they did a stage show that was a live karate demonstration mm -hmm. and it was put on by a martial arts legend named Fumio Demura. Ah, and it was, it was him before he became famous for being Pat Morita's stunt double in the Karate Kid movies. Mm -hmm. And this was my first live exposure to karate. Mm -hmm. And they were unique in the sense that they made it very entertaining. They were demonstrating their art, but in such a fun way. And they put together fight scenes on the stage and it looked like you were watching a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and since Demora would just, you know, cut through all his students and just bang, 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 bang. And, you know, he, he'd be victorious at the end. And of course he's got very good control. So, you know, and then the, the, you know, with the stage show like that, you have to do three shows a day. So you can't go beating up your stunt guys, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, going to be, you know, choreographed and done to where, you know, they can do it again and they can do it again and they come back the next day and do it again. So those were the two, uh, initial introductions I had to the martial arts. Uh, flash forward to about the third grade and a friend of mine named Joseph Hiraoka had mentioned to me, he said, I started taking karate classes down the street. Do you want to go? And I said, sure. Sounds like fun. Wow. Um, my mind flashing back to, you know, David Carradine is quite Chan Kane and since they demo on the stage. So of course I had you know, these images flashed in my mind thinking that, well, I'm going to be like them now. You know, <laughs> so we went to the karate dojo and I didn't actually meet my, since Robago was the guy who trained me mostly through much of my, um, my early, uh, training, but I met his brother, Glenn Robago, who uh, nobody really remembers anymore, but he was, he was actually, um, uh, maybe more skilled than, uh, than since Richard Robago was. Wow. Um, and he was my first instructor. Um, and unfortunately he had demons and, uh, uh, a temper and uh, more of an ego and he, he didn't have as much control and he didn't stay very long. Um, and I was kind of happy when Sensei Robago, Sensei Richard Robago took over the dojo because, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of, kind of tired of getting beat up. Um, mm -hmm. because, you know, as a white belt, I would spar him. And oh my God, really? I didn't know how to do anything. And he was kicking me hard and, you know, making me cry and, and all this. And I was just thinking, I don't like this. Um, so when he left, I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since the Robago, since the Richard Robago basically took over and, um, guided. You mentioned, mentioned the art that you. Oh, you I'm sorry. It was, um, Shorinru karate. It's an Okinawan style of karate. Right. Um, and you have your own, I mean, this, this journey took you from whatever age you were when you started, what'd you say, third grade? What's that, seven or something like that? Yeah, I was seven and I, and I'm, and I'm 52 now. Wow. And since that time, I've cross trained and mm -hmm. studied other things like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, um, and you have your own dojo. You want to mention the name? Yeah. The, the name of the dojo is called Kaizen Dojo. And mm -hmm. Kaizen is a, it's come to mean in modern times is a Japanese word that means uh, continual improvement. Mm. So the dojo was founded on this philosophy, not necessarily to honor a style, but to, um, honor the desire to continually improve. We well, and you can, you can see that reflected. If you look at your instructor list, I'll put the, I'll put links to all the, the, everybody's websites and stuff in the show notes. Um, but is, is it, uh, kaizen.com, K-A-I-Z-E-N.com? Is that the correct, uh? It's kaizendojo.com. Okay, kaizendojo.com. K-A-I-Z-E-N. Sure. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. You see, in your instructors, your instructors are varied. You have a yoga instructor, you have, uh, I think you have, don't you have an eskrima or, uh, a stick instructor? And Yes, uh, I have a Kali instructor. His name is Guru Alvin Katakutan, and he is a student of Dan Inosanto, Guru Dan Inosanto. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. Who, you know, it does, you know, he's perhaps a master of masters, you know? Yeah. Uh, so. Dan Inosanto, he's legendary. Well, yeah. you've worked, you've worked with some really legendary people, so. <laughs> let me, let me move over to Michelle a little bit because I don't want, 
the entire focus to be on. I'd, like I said, I think before we started, I'd love to do a martial arts podcast, and I, I might at some point. But let me talk to Michelle a little bit and get her uh, a little bit of her background because she's been on before, but I don't think we've talked to uh, toward her training. So, Michelle, I know a lot of not a lot about you, but I know enough about you to know that you're quite accomplished. You have so many honors. I don't know where to start, but just give us a sense of where you came from and and. I know who your your influence is, obviously, but talk a little bit about why you came to martial arts. Uh, well, I didn't plan on it. I was uh, my there was a two for one special um, at one of the local martial arts schools. So <laughs> my mother said, "You and your sister, you're going to go and try it." And I was like, eh, "I don't want to. That's a boy activity." And um, oh you know, long story short, we show up, and I think it was like ten minutes through. The, my first class, I realized it wasn't for boys. And it would, I mean, at such a young age, I didn't know what I was missing. I loved acrobats, tap, ballet, all the stuff that we were forced to do, gymnastics and uh, hula even. And I realized that this was, this was probably it for me. So I trained there, uh, started at nine years old. And I think we, we lasted a good two, two and a half years. And then we quit and went on to another uh, activity, as a lot of children do. When I moved to Chicago at 15 to, to tour the Midwest as a professional hula dancer, I enrolled in um, Korean martial arts just for, I don't know, just to have the conditioning as well as go to the gym because it was a strenuous job at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed with that for about two and a half years. And when I returned home to Southern California, I, I realized I didn't want to just be on the circuit of a touring hula girl anymore. Plus there's, it's oversaturated in the Southern California market Mm. for professional hula dancers and performers. So I decided it was to go back to the contact. And at that time we didn't have the internet. So I looked in the yellow pages and I found um, my grandmaster, my Olohe, who is Solomon Kaivalu. And um, at first he didn't, I couldn't really get through to him. It was quite difficult. But when I finally got a chance <laughs> to speak with him, um, he quizzed me on my in my heritage, my background, my athleticism, um, got to know my character a little bit. And, and I was kind of a, a real big jerk at that time. It was my early, early 20s. And uh, I was a totally different person than I am now. I think that's really what we get out of our lifelong studies of martial arts is learning to master ourselves and deal with situations and individuals that aren't uh, what we desire. Mm -hmm. And we always think, why is there always such a damn battle? And I think at some point in our maturation, we realize there really is no battle. It's just Mm -hmm. really our perception and what we want and what we don't want and being solution focused. So um, at that time, I was really uh, blessed and didn't understand the magnitude of him taking me on as a student. And, well, because, um, because you're, you're female and isn't traditionally, uh, Lua not a female? Um, is it, is it, am I wrong? Is it not normally taught to females? Well, and this is, this is the crappy thing. I think that if, you know, everyone assimilated to what they've been told and what was written and, you know, as history starts to be discovered more and more, um, we realized there were actually females back in ancient times that were war generals mm-hmm. that did make weapons that did that did fight next to the men um, and had their own strengths and had their own way of attacking very surreptitiously. They were experts at specific weapons that were their favorite. Um, I'm so talking it, about, and they had. I'm hmm. sorry. I'm talking about now uh, within the last because uh, my so no, it's mine, true. You're right. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. right. We were led to believe for a very long time up until recently that women weren't allowed to learn and train with oh, the men, right. that they were secluded. And, um, you know, and then a lot of people back home were not teaching women at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, that was one thing. Plus the mixture of ethnicities. That was another thing that kept you from learning Lua. Uh, not being of royal bloodline was another um issue of not being allowed to be welcome uh, to learn Lua. So I was very fortunate in in him taking me on and sticking out the first eight years of where he tried very, very hard to make me quit. Um, So, (laughs) uh, and I didn't. So I'm, I'm blessed. And I'm, and and that's, that's, that leads me to today where I, I have full blessing um, to teach the art. um, And, you know, it didn't start that way. I only got permission to teach 
uh, eight years ago. And it was very specific what I could teach and who I could teach to and how I'm going to teach it. And he set me up for failure um, to learn my own style. And now I have the blessing to actually add to the art, um, keeping the same principles in line with the same movements. And um, it's it's truly, I, I don't know what my life would be without the combat art. I really don't. Yeah. So thank you for letting me share. Oh, no. uh, you know, I'm, uh, I read obituaries when I get a chance because I'm always fascinated by people's backgrounds. So, um, that's, I, that's what I love to hear is how, you know, the path or the journey, what was the journey? You know, you mentioned something about, um, becoming less of a jerk. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, since I Ford that you were not that much of a jerk when you were younger. Um, but I was, and the thing that transferred me, transformed me was writing. Um, mm-hmm. cause I found out that I didn't like the characters I was writing and I resembled a lot of them. So it was like, mm-hmm. stop doing that. So <laughs> I have to, uh, just real quickly. Mark, yeah, no, sure. I will Go say on. that, um, I, I have been the bully mm. and I have been bullied mm. and, um, you know, what comes around goes around. So yeah, that's true. I, I got my comeuppance. And, uh, <laughs> you know uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because your background, um, not, uh, you know, from a, a young age, right? Not that young, I guess, but, um, certainly, I mean, you, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm making a horrible transition here, but, um, I'll just cut all that crap out. Um, <laughs> So, Sensei Ford, uh, having said that, uh, uh, William, uh, you, you were one of the bad guys in Karate Kid 3. Was that your first introduction to film? Um, that was my first, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd done a couple of little things here and there, but that was a big deal for me because, uh, that was the film that I was able to get into the uh, Screen Actors Guild with. Mm. And, um, again, Fumio Demura, you know, showing up again in my life was, on set the day that I showed up to kind of, you know, try out and he put in a good word for me. And I mm. think that, that combined with, you know, I happened to be look, have the right look being in the right place at the right time. And they were crunched. They were like, they needed to start production yesterday. And it was mm. kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's good. It works for us. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how it worked. Well, I got to say, you look, you have a great face, but you don't, mm-hmm. look, like, you don't look like a good guy. I got to say, I got to say that. It, well, it, I'll take that. I, no, I it, it completely belies <laughs> who you are. I mean, you're such a sweet human being, but you're, I, the, if you look at, everybody do yourself a favor, go to his IMDB uh, listing and look at the picture that he's got there because he obviously is not trying to sell himself as a good guy with that picture. You look like you're ready to kill someone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it probably you, was when he took that picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now what, uh, so Michelle, you have, uh, I, I guess you can't talk about what you're working on, right? Cause I don't, I don't know what it is. I just know it's something, but you can't talk about it yet, right? Oh, it's hard. I'm on an NDA, but I can talk generally. It's, um, you know, back to the package that we come in though, before I get started on that, okay, we can't ahead. help, you know, what physical package we come in and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, just I was teaching uh, two weekends ago uh, in Northern California and we have this woman that, you know, um, looks very masculine and she's the sweetest spirit. And during my she program, you know, she's never had any physical contact. And uh, because of the way she looks, she's never been bullied. No one bothers her. Oh. But having to reach in and, and, and find that warrior spirit, she broke down crying. Oh. So, I mean, you know, we look one way and yet our, we're just spirits, you know, and I think we judge so much based on what we look like. And William is like one of the most honor, honor filled, integrous men I that I've you. ever had the pleasure of crossing paths with in this lifetime. And I, I, I just, everything he sends me is, is just such, of such quality. It, it exemplifies his character and everything he does and says. And so he may look like a bad guy to most, and I'm sure he could play a really bad guy. But in reality, he's just such an amazing man, a yeah. father, husband, sensei, friend. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful to know him, you know, well, and, uh, and a, a really wonderful representative of the martial arts uh, yes, community. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, and so that leads me to this next project. I may look a certain way, but I am so excited 
to actually play a really dark character. And so it is, I'll be doing things I would never dream of doing in real life and, and words that will be coming out of my mouth. I would never <laughs> even say, Oh my God. So I actually, yeah, I have to, I really have to train myself in the slang and holding guns. This character loves her gun and unloading clips into someone at very close range. And nice. the, the word usage is horrifying. But, you know, at the same time, I welcome this because it is so much different. And I know all of us have that in us. And I think that's why most of us that are martial arts train to kind of transmute that energy and that side of us. Not everything, like I posted a couple of weeks ago, can be love and light. Mm. And it's not. Life is difficult. And we're confronted with external things that challenge us, but also with internal things that you know, can bleed into everything we do at any moment. You know, one day we're one, one moment we're flying high, the next moment we're in hell and it's all in our mind. And so I'm looking really forward uh, to embracing this darkness and really um, feeling it. And I'm hoping it doesn't overtake me. So it's a TV show and I'm also the, the primary and only fight coordinator, which I'm really excited about because uh, I can show the straight show? line. Yes, on the show. So okay. I, I'm really, wow. they, they literally said not one punch is going to be thrown without you choreographing yeah. it and knowing where you want the cameras. And so I get to show the effectiveness of the combat art. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this and we start shooting in a couple of weeks. So that's mm -hmm. one of the things. So, well, but Williams 52 Masters is much more exciting. <laughs> well, that's what, I mean, that's, I don't think, I don't know about that, but that's the reason we have him on the, uh, you know, I, I wanted him on the show is because I was really fascinated by this concept. But just one more thing. So you'll come back and talk about this project when you can, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. And, and I'm waiting for approved content and um, the the permission to to really post about it. But I mean, I get to play a good and bad girl, so it, it shifts from day and night. So it's really that duality of Lua in a way. So mm. I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Well, that that sounds like it's really truly right up your alley because you're both a good girl. <laughs> and a bad girl. <laughs> yeah, I have to choose every moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. So, <laughs> William, uh, the reason I ask you on the podcast, uh, I I I really welcome the opportunity to get to know you a little bit. But really, what grabbed me was your 52 Masters uh, concept, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I mean, just tell us about it. Tell us where you're at. I mean, uh, you know, explain what it is, why, all that stuff. I, I'm just fascinated by this. So go ahead. Please uh, illuminate us. Thank you. Um, well, as Michelle knows, I oftentimes get ideas when I'm drinking coffee and I just like bang my head into the wall. And as I'm rubbing my forehead, <laughs> like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, all of a sudden it's like, great Scott, I've got it. And so I think something's happened. You know, I'm, I'm 52 years old and, you know, I'm also fond of trying to tie in a concept to a number because it kind of makes it easy for me to remember, you know, but I thought, you know, what would, what, you know, what can I do for my 52nd birthday and, you know, kind of celebrate being in, in the 50s club, you know, rather than, um, uh, saying, Oh gosh, I'm getting old. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't believe I'm getting mm -hmm. old. I don't believe mm -hmm. I'm getting better. Um, mm -hmm. so the number 52 jumped out at me. 52. I'm going to be 52. There's 52 weeks in a year. There's 52 cards in a deck. Mm -hmm. And why don't we, why don't we do something called 52 masters where I go out and learn 52 new skills from 52 experts and um the word master is um 52 masters is a very catchy title mm -hmm. not everybody on the show is a quote-unquote master but compared to me they are <laughs> and they're just somebody who's just really good at what they do so um it's just a catchy title it's better than 52 experts or 52 you know no good. i love it i love it I think me too i love it marketing. too wow yeah and i'll have um you know um I, I, most of it is martial arts related um the first episode I did the Brazilian art of capoeira and mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And I worked with, uh, Mestre Amin Santo and, and, uh, Mark DeCasco, who. Oh gosh. Yeah. Was, he was there in the class and just oh. such a nice guy. He's a, he's a, I remember the first time I saw him, I, my introduction to him was in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh yeah. That's, um, freaking yeah. incredible. Just that a, might be his greatest role, oh. you know, arguably, arguably. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, um, you know, then I just, this is kind of a cool idea. And we've had about five episodes already and I'm shooting some more this weekend. You know, we've got to try to stay ahead of the curve because, you know, they, the goal is to release one a week. Um, we began one with Michelle and finish it, but, um, hopefully, um, with between her new stuff, um, coming up, we'll be able to grab her for a day and, and finish her episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've got an episode coming up, I think. I mean, we haven't shot it yet, but uh, I'll have a bunch of little kids, some of my students on the show, and I want to talk about what's your philosophy of life, you know, um, that kind of thing, because, uh, you know, the, oftentimes my best teachers are my students, and more often than, than not, it's my kids' students, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they're just so wise. Um, and I may do things like learn hula and learn how to make <laughs> sushi roll, you know, those are other things that might just be kind of, Fun things to throw in the mix. Is know? that what is that what Michelle's teaching you, or is she teaching you Lua? She's teaching me Lua. Okay. Well, you know she's a she's a hellaciously good. Uh, those hips move like no like no human hips on the. <laughs> Not fair. Those are hip throws. You know that, right? Those but, are right. actually hip throws. No, I don't know that. When have I ever trained with you? I mean, you don't you don't care about me. You just you know you just use. You know me that's for, just not fair. You now you sound me. like every other man in my life. Yeah, well, you just use me <laughs> to absorb your sweat. That's all. That's all I get. From <laughs> <you>. <laughs> well, we were, we were on screen together, and Michelle just popped her head out, and my man met. I just flew across the screen, and and it became a a, a single shot. You know. <laughs> I mean, just, no. But yeah, um, you know what, you know, can I, inter- I just want to, the reason that it was so attractive to me to have you on the podcast was because you, uh, whether you're doing it instinctively or through, uh, training or whatever, you're, you're doing, you're creating a structure for a, um, for a narrative that is more, um, I mean, it's more live action than anything else, but it's right down the line of any screenwriter. Cause I tell my screenwriting students all the time, Movies like Seven and, uh, you know, um, the, anything that involves a number or a grouping of numbers or something is just a great structure for a, for, a, you know, for anything. So sure. uh, the 52 Masters is a wonderful concept, but one a week, really, you're gonna, you're gonna kill yourself. Well, I, I need to be held accountable, uh, <laughs> because left to my own devices, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the king of procrastination, you know, and, um, uh, it's stressful, but I, I tend to thrive when I have a, you know, it's like, okay, you got to get it done because it's my reputation, you know, and then when I involve people like Michelle, uh, I don't want to disappoint her. Um, and you know, she's always so kind to me and, you know, um, I, I, I'm like, well, you know, and, and she's non-judgmental, you know, in regards to me, but I don't want to disappoint her. So no, she, we, you're right. You're right. We got to get it done. Yeah. Well, I think it's. Oh, no, you could never disappoint me. Ever. I mean, deadlines are deadlines. Who you are, that's never disappointing. Right. And like I said before, everything's burst out of that. So there, there can't be. You know, I think expectations and, and everything lead us to disappointment. I don't have any. I'm just grateful to be in your life and watch how you're impacting everyone else. And this could very well become a movie. Oh, I think it's, I think it's marvelous. I really do. Um, obviously 52 is a lot for a movie, but a series, not, not out of the question, uh, William, not out of the question. It's a really, you know, it's, it, it's almost a bucket list type of film where you have a list of things you want to accomplish in a certain amount of time, which is also one of those movies. It's a journey movie. So, uh, yeah, yeah this is great. So you have how many in the can right now? Uh, we've shot about six or so. Okay. With uh, Kumu Michelle, there's about there's you know there's most of that episode is done. We've got to you know do some pickups and whatnot, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and and we're hoping that it will build momentum and attract you know um, other people, um, maybe, you know maybe some people who've been you know more established. I think that Sensei Fumio Demura would be interested in doing one. Probably MMA fighter Lyoto Machida would do one, mm-hmm. and then you know. Um, I'm hoping to get people like, you know, uh, Hicks and Gracie and perhaps, oh, wow. you know, maybe even Dan Inosano, you know, some of the older people who've been around a while. But, you know, we also want to, you don't have to be famous and you don't have to be an established master to be on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to work with good people who want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get turned down sometimes and that's okay. You know, I, 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 I look at my rejections as, 
well, that's one step closer to getting a yes. Mm -hmm. And the important thing to remember, and you know this as a writer, being in the industry, you know, no is a negotiating. That's that's somebody's open open negotiation. Right. No. But that doesn't mean it's the final word. And, you know, again, the no's lead you to where you really need to get to. So... Yeah, those are, are just an opportunity to, to do better and also yes. to, to look for other opportunities, right? That, Absolutely. That's the way I look at it. So. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. So, so are you, are you really, uh, shooting for, to finish, uh, the, within a year, I guess, basically one, a, well, yeah, one a week, 52 weeks. Are you, is that, is that the goal? Uh, that's not, that is the goal. And, um, I'm telling you this right now, Mark, in no uncertain terms, this will be done. Oh. There you go. Well, you heard it here. Well, you may not have heard it first here, but you heard it here certainly in no un- uncertain terms, as he said. So, and that puts me uh, now. Now I'm accountable, even well, more. So. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put it on uh, every social media I have. So, um, <laughs> so I have no excuse now. So, you know, uh, barring some, you know, uh, right. accident or something, it's gonna get done. You know, and uh, I encourage. Everybody else out there to hold yourself accountable. You there know? you go. Put, there you put go. your dream out there publicly. And okay, you know what? If something happens and you absolutely cannot do it, don't beat yourself up. But right. you know, if it's always in your head, it's never going to get done. Put it on paper, you know, write the worst screenplay you could possibly write because you can always rewrite it and make it better. Amen. Amen. I don't, I hold my students accountable, you know, every week. I, sometimes I let them slide a couple weeks if they're, you know, in a bad space, but, um, that's the only way to do it is put your ass in a chair and get it done. That's it. So, yes, sir. Um, now you have your credits are producer, director, stunts. Um, you even have some casting department credits, which is interesting. Um, yeah. how much, how much did you, when you went into this, are you, I assume you're producing this and are you directing it or do you have other people, uh, doing that for you? The series director is um, my co-creator, Jim Towns. Okay. I met him. I, 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 I submitted myself as an actor for one of his independent projects years ago, and he cast me, and uh, we've just become good friends. And I discovered that he's a talented screenwriter as well as a editor as well as a graphic artist. Oh, and, wow. you know, he and I got the chance to team up with some biography pieces for the Martial Arts History Museum. Hmm. We did one on Gerald Okamura from Big Trouble in Little China, um, Al Leong, also from Big Trouble in Little China, and Bill and Ted, and, you know, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and all those. Right. Um, Rob Moses, and uh, the one that we're working on at this time that is being edited as we speak is uh, Michelle Manus. So, oh. you know, and, and she, she'll be our first female that we feature for the museum biography. But Jim Towns is the guy that, is just, he's an amazing filmmaker. And if it wasn't for me teaming up with him in this, um, series and some of the other things I've done, um, you know, we're dependent on each other. He couldn't have done it without me and I couldn't have done it without him because mm-hmm. he gave it the look and the feel and so on and so forth. So I give him major props for, um, you know, just bringing the, the, the product, I think, up to a very, very high standard. Where, where can people, see these episodes because I'm looking on IMDb and you have a couple listed there, but uh, what, um, I mean, is there a website or a, do you have a distribution? Uh, they are right. They're 15 minute episodes, uh, more or less on YouTube for free. Okay. Just type in 52 masters and, um, it'll show up. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll put, I'll put links in, in the show notes also, but, um, okay. Okay, cool. So you have a, is it on your YouTube channel? Yes, it's a okay. Kaizen Dojo YouTube channel. And it's, uh, you know, we, we debut episode four this Sunday at 520 um, with Sifu Rob Moses, who oh, wow. he coached um, David Carradine uh, yeah. for his work on Bill, uh, Kill Bill. And uh, Sifu Rob is also a great friend of um, Michelle and, my, and me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. what a wonderful soul he is. And uh, mm-hmm. He brings a, a great, great beauty to what he does. And so I think it's, it, we're going in a, a whole different direction this week. Because last week I, I did this killer karate workout with uh, Lioto's brother Chinzo last week. <laughs> it was pretty tired. 
And this week we're doing stuff that's all about, you know, natural movement and flowing and just, you know, taking out all the stops. So it's, it's a nice, and then we go down this metaphysical journey, journey wow. also, because Rob is really, really deep guy. And sometimes he talks in terms that I, I have to, I have to stop and try to wrap my mind around. Mm. Uh, he's almost like, um, like if Bruce Lee met Dr. Strange, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know oh my God, that's perfect. That's, that's a great, you know, that's a, you should be a writer. What the hell am I talking about? Yeah. He's like, it's like he's got these things called physio sticks and it is almost like you're expecting a portal into another dimension to open up from, from the way that he's, uh, he's, he's working these things. Dr. Kung Fu. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. Um, so how was it, Michelle? How was it working, uh, you know, on this, on the, where, where's the, where are these filmed? I, I, was, I know one, the one with, um, one of them was you went to a, do- a different dojo, right? But um, where did you film? Michelle, where did you guys film? Uh, we did the interview portion at Kaizen, and I would love to actually film the, the action portion at the beach with William. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We haven't really talked about it. So Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that's up to William. All right. Uh, at the beach? Why at the beach? Because that's just a natural element of uh, where where the natives trained. I think that using the water and letting me see how he draws his energy in the sand and mm-hmm. working weaponry out there um, would would be really uh, almost metaphysical in a sense too. It's taking it out of the dojo. Well, I won't make him climb any coconut trees, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you know palm trees. But we will probably use a boulder in the water. We'll use our weaponry in the water. Really? So. That's, That's what I envision, but we I need to talk to William about it. Okay. He is well, the producer, so I have to yeah. tell you, you know, and, and Mark, I think you can you and your listeners can relate to this also, is we want to add production value by adding a an exterior location. So mm-hmm. if we're doing everything in studio, that's fine, but to add a visual variety and a new energy, you know, cut two, you know, exterior, right. you know, the beach, you know. Yeah. Well, you warriors training, you know, in the water. Yeah. That's exciting, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it, it it's hard, though, with the ambient noise and people that are around. So, you know, we'll have to figure out when the best time is. So but do, there's some do, challenges uh, there. You do ADR after the fact. So I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can, you guys can do that. Um, William, I don't want to get into too much of the, the production, uh, details but are you um talk about your crew a little bit if you would i mean you you mentioned your director did you know what you needed before you started because of your experience with uh as an actor um or did that is this is this also a learning process for you uh, you know i've learned from some of the smaller productions i've had a chance to work on in the past um i wrote i co-wrote a short film Last year called Christmas Night, and okay. it's spelled with an X, and uh, you know it's it's night like the Knights of the Round Table versus uh, okay. so it's, it's kind of a play on words, and um, that can also be seen on my YouTube channel. But I met some guys on that who uh, I ended up using camera guys and sound guys who I ended up using on future productions. But I've been working with this gentleman named Sipano Van, who is also a director, but he. Um, He's, he's, he's a self-taught cinematographer as well. Mm-hmm. And he has his own equipment. So the crew is basically me and Jim and, uh, Sopano. And then sometimes we bring in, uh, other people. You know, there's a, there's a guy who does, who's another multi-talented, uh, guy named Daniel Parker, who sometimes records our sound, but he's also, you know, a director, cinematographer, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. There's another guy named Robert Rodriguez, not the Robert Rodriguez, oh, right. <laughs> another Robert Rodriguez, you know, great guy who, young guys, you know, these are young kids who, you know, uh, you know, Jim's in his forties, I'm in my fifties, and these other guys are kind of still in their late twenties, you know, or mid twenties mm-hmm. or early thirties. And they're all these guys who are kind of self-taught, you know, they just, you know, rather than wait, they just did it. And it's just like, dude, you look at the stuff and going, man, that's, you know, so I have a very small crew, but we get the job done. Um, yeah. The episode I saw where you, where you went to the dojo with, um, Mark Discoskis. No, Mark uh, Discoskis, yeah. That was really well done. It was, uh, that's why I asked. I thought maybe you had like, you know, 20 or 30 people back there making <laughs> 
good. But well, that's a great compliment. I'll I'll, I'll pass that on to all the to, to all the guys. Yeah, but definitely. check out episode two and three because I think they're they're shot. Um, episode two is is a little bit more um, cinematic in some ways, and the interview is shot in studio, and the lighting is more theatrical. Mm, so okay. um, check out. It's the same template. But you'll look at it and it's, you know, each episode is kind of expressed in a different way that's a little bit more, it's almost um, kind of reflects the personality of the person I'm profiling, you know. I also particularly like your voiceover narrative when, um, because you you were talking about how tired you were or something like that. And then then you cut to a coffee shop and it's like, (laughs) that sounds about right. Um, I try to make it real human, you know, Um, like I am a flawed human being and I, I, you know, I, am doing my best, but there's some days where I get out of bed and I'm just like, Oh man, you know, it's like, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Mileage, yeah, Right in the first Raiders, (laughs) Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, you know, sometimes it's like, Hey man, I'm feeling it. And I also realized that the audience connects to that. They're like, oh, this dude's like us, you know? Right, right. No, you, you make it, it, I can do it. Absolutely, yeah. You know? I mean, I, 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 mean, I think people have a, a, the wrong impression about the martial arts. I mean, a lot of times it's just putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward. That's it. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, you know what? This is, I want to, I know Michelle has a limited amount of time, so I wanted to kind of get to our top, uh, and I'm not going to contribute. I just want to hear what you guys' top five martial arts movies are. So um, just let me remind our audience that this is Plot Points Podcast. We have um, many and varied places to find us. I will put all that in the show notes, but I'm here with um, William Christopher Ford and uh, Michelle Manu, uh, two really incredible martial artists who also are in the movie industry, uh, both as uh, actors and stunt people. And now William has some, um, some producers, uh, some producer. Actually, you have a lot of producer credits. When I look at it, it's like 32 as an actor, um, eight as a producer, 11 as a producer, uh, director and stuff. So um, that's, that's in the future for you, um, Michelle. That's what you need to step into is your own, your own stuff. So, Hmm. But let's talk about, uh, I mean, I couldn't resist asking you guys to make a list of your top either five or ten, I don't really care what it is, martial arts movies, and a brief description of why. Uh, and you can start in any direction you want. You can say there's no particular direction. So go ahead, William. Tell me, tell me what you, what inspired, I mean, uh, you mentioned Kung Fu, which was a, I completely f- didn't even think about it, but it was a, well, it was a great show. So what else uh, has inspired you? Well, I'm going to ask Michelle if she wants to go first, and if not, I'll go first. But I've been talking a lot, and so I'm just okay. Wanna... That's fine, Michelle. No, actually, I'm going to disappoint you guys because I don't have any. I just enjoy good fight scenes, so I don't really have. I didn't grow up with a TV, and I don't have time to watch it now, so I really don't have any. Okay. Top ten or five lists. I'm sorry. That's okay. Did you see Mom? Yeah, I loved that very much. All right, and, very and good the, movie. Enter the Dragon. Uh, no. Oh, oh my God, my my heart just skipped a beat. Holy crap! You never saw it. Well, and I know actually it's the first time I've ever publicly been <laughs> admitting this because everyone assumes I've already seen it. But my father used to watch it all the time, but we were nowhere uh, allowed near him or the TV. So, and I used to see Kung Fu on also while I'm jetting through the specific room. Um, so yeah, no, we weren't really we weren't allowed to eat sugar or watch TV. Those were uh, yeah, those were the rules. <laughs> All right. Well, Damn on, that, the rules. on that, uh, that very uh, depressing note, because I mean, sugar, <laughs> sugar and, and kung fu, God, that good All right, William, it's up to you. Okay, no problem. Um, and then I want to talk about, um, Neil Simon before we finish. Okay? Sure. I, I know well, you important. and I can, if I, I just want to make sure Michelle gets uh, some time in before she asks it, because she's doing this on her lunch hour, which is I, yeah. generous of her. But yeah, I'd love to talk to you about, uh, Neil Simon. So. Okay. okay. So she can comment on some of these too. Okay. Um, I'm going to list six or so and two of them you already have mentioned. So yeah. Ipman, um, loved it. Uh, Donnie Yen, oh. extremely mm-hmm. talented. And mm-hmm. I love the fight scenes. I love the choreography. The story is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they take artistic license with it, of course, to make mm-hmm. it more dramatic. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a really, really well put together, um, filmmaking and, mm-hmm. and storytelling. I agree. 
Um, number two, again, not in any particular order, um, Enter the Dragon, you know, the classic Bruce Lee movie. Um, I think the fight scenes are still phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the movie has, uh, uh, you know, definitely a, a, it's, it, it's a 70s movie, but a very well-made 70s exploitation film, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean that in the, in the highest regard. It's, um, mm-hmm. But Enter the Dragon is still a, uh, um, you know, perhaps my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, also known as The Master Killer, um, oh. starring Gordon Liu. Um, uh, directed by his brother. They were both Hungar Kung Fu stylists. And um, his brother, Liu Chaliang, you know, was known for directing all these um, Shaw Brothers films with emphasis on the details of the technique. Mm. And um, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, the story is about, um, you know, just, you know, stories are either about, you know, revenge or redemption. This is about re- redemption. Okay, and, um, and he, you know, his journey as somebody who wants revenge initially, and then uh, eventually becomes enlightened through his training at the Shaolin Temple. Wow, beautiful! Um, and it's just a beautiful, just a you know, a classic Shaw Brothers movie. One of my favorites, also. And Gordon yeah. Liu, you know, uh, what an amazing individual he Absolutely. is. Recovering from a stroke from the last two years, but wow. I hear he's getting better. Um, the next one are two samurai movies: um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Parts two and parts five. Excellent. Um, this, you know, was the one starring, um, Zato Ichi's brother, um, Wakayama Tomisaburo, lone, uh, you know, Ito Ogami, uh, classic tale, amazing sword play. Um, stuff was well before its time. Bloody as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, just amazing films. Um, it really, really fits an interesting archetype, you know, mythologically. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about Joseph Campbell earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there, you can definitely see these archetypes in there. Um, another one is, um, two more. Um, there's a movie called Raid Redemption, which, um. Oh, God, I've heard about it. Everybody tells me it's so great. It's, it's a really simple story. Um, but it was directed by Gareth Evans and, uh, they, I believe shot in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of penchaxilat and the, um, the fight scenes are just, man, they're brutal, but you just see so much of the technique there, mm-hmm. but you totally believe it, you know? <laughs> and then finally there is a movie that Jet Li is in, um, called Fearless. Oh yeah. Ronnie yeah. Yu. Um, and that is just an amazing, again, um, you know, I'm a sucker for stories of redemption. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. this is definitely a story of, uh, you know, a man who, you know, becomes very arrogant and he falls very far and very hard and he has to rebuild his life. And, you mm-hmm. know, we see that. And, um, I think that that's what I love about this film also. But there's just some, some fantastic filmmaking and fantastic martial artistry in this film. And that's my, and that's my list. That's Mark. a great, really great list. What do you think, Michelle? No, I, I agree. There's other ones, you know, there's just martial arts and everything. So, I mean, you look at avatar and matrix and oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's just, there's just so many, um, so much good choreography out there that aren't well, and, that isn't strictly martial arts. Yeah. And if, I, if we had had some time, um, well, we might still, but I was, you know, I wondered what defines a martial arts movie. Cause I realized when I asked you guys to make a list, it, like you said, there's there's martial arts in just about everything. Is Above the Law a martial arts movie, or is it a cop movie? Uh, is you know Matrix with or Kill Bill? Are they martial arts? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't know. I think um, Williams' list is really pretty much down the line what I consider to be martial arts films. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but um, no, I agree. Yeah, Eatman yeah. really, I. I, I think that's for me. That's number one. I think that's one of the, one of the better films. And no matter what artistic license they took, I think it's an just mm-hmm. a movie. Donnie Yen is astounding, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Well, even like Onbok too. You know, oh, Tony yeah. Jaa. My God, when I first saw that, I was like, this guy is insane. <laughs> That's true. That's, yeah, that's very true. See, you've seen enough. I, yeah, you just, you just lazy. You didn't want to make a list. Oh, shut that's up! Like, that's not like, true. I just come and absorb some of your sweat n- uh, next week. <laughs> so that was part one of the podcast. Uh, part two will drop in a few days, hopefully, uh, depending on my schedule. 
I'd like to again thank my guests, uh, my wonderful guests, William Christopher Ford and uh, Michelle Manu. Um, I will put their links in the show notes uh, so you can find them easily enough. You can also find us on uh, plotpoints.com or plotpointspodcast.com. We're part of OC Screenwriters. Uh, the website is ocscreenwriters.org or ocfilmandtv.com. Um, also, meetups. We have meetups, many meetups. Uh, we do an on-the-ground uh, networking event every third Wednesday at C3 Vape and Coffee. We'd like to see you there. It's free. We usually have a guest speaker and uh, do some networking. Um, you can reach us if you want to using 919 Scripts, which is a phone number. You can leave a voicemail, or you can probably find our Facebook page, um, or I think the comments are open on the uh, plotpoints.com website, iTunes also. So look around. We're there. We'll f- you'll find us. Uh, if you really want to contact us, you can. So for uh, myself and my guest, we'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, again, as I always say, be inspired. Do good work. <laughs>